0: everybody, and welcome back to Writing the Rapids. I am your host, Joe Balecki, and this is the show where I talk to writers about writing. Very often, those writers have been recommended to me by writers who have previously been on the show, or it's a rejoinder episode, which this is. Shane Jesse Christmas returns to talk about his new book through filthy loot called Meth DTF. We recently had him on to talk about Belfie Hell xerox over manhattan he has another book out through amphetamine sulfate press called the sex shops of sherman oaks all relevant links will of course be in the show notes before we get into my conversation with shane i'll remind you that you can help out the show in a variety of ways you can subscribe to my patreon at patreon.com slash joe for a measly two dollars a month you can get these episodes as soon as i'm done editing them rather than a couple days later. You can also throw me a one-time donation at paypal.me slash noisemakerjoe, or you can buy my book. It's called Tired. It's on Amazon. I'd also encourage you to rate the show wherever you listen to it. You can also go on social media and tell people that you like the episode, post a link to the episode, and encourage other people to listen. That helps me out a whole lot. Now, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Shane. Well, let's start with this. I think I shied away from asking about it when we had you on before. Um, But obviously, you're not American. Um, But a lot of your books seem to sort of take place in America or an America-like place. Um, And I know that you've spent time here. Um, But I'm sort of curious... Uh, why that is um,
1: I think there's a couple of reasons. So um, mainly from a we did I think we did touch on it a little bit last time, but I think mainly from a point of view of um, uh, you know you need to be sort of entertained uh, yourself as the writer while you're writing and I think um, to sort of, entertain myself, whether it's, you know, the flow of actually getting on a bit of a tear in, in the writing and then also in terms of if I have to look something up to sort of research and make sure something is good, then that, that's interesting for me in, in the process of actually writing. I think um, if I was sort of writing about, you know, if you're saying like meth, meth DTF is, you know, suddenly written in a... A city here. I just don't think I'd be captured myself by by my enthusiasm to write the story. I guess, Um, um, but I was also thinking about this um, recently that a a while ago. You know, if you talk about, I think about a a city as a whole. You know, as a sort of entity or a living sort of character in a novel that you know some people do probably more than I do, and they sort of talk about it a bit more like um at a higher level that you know cities are characters in a novel or something like that a, a, a while ago or well, not a while ago when i when i first started writing i think i sort of had this um idea of how cities are sort of portrayed in science fiction and in some sort of crime novels as well as this you know as a character um and i sort of did it seems a bit weird now but you know, at the time i was just like "Yo, the city can be anything because there's some sort of transferable essences of cities. If you're thinking of cities as a character. So I was just calling the places that I was writing about, you know, like the city or, you know, just and it seemed and it just came across a little bit wonky and didn't really fit. So I just sort of went, well I'll just want to place it in these place places that I have visited and spent some time at. Um and you know if you're talking about transferable essences of Cities, um, there's a really good uh, short film called Manhattan that I really, um, it's just been like a, uh inspiration or influence. It's um black and white film from 1926. I think the guy's name's Charles Strand, and it's obviously filmed around Manhattan, or of Manhattan at a certain period. Um, it's on a this thing that I came across, which is like, you yes, uh, know, cinematic history of the avant-garde. So it's got Man Ray um, documentaries on there and and like Marcel Duchamp. (laughs) Um, This one's quite conventional, so to speak. It's it's lots of big shots of skyscrapers, um, noir in the sense of using black and white and shadows, lots of steam, you know, manholes, um, but lots of shots of like, say the Staten Island ferry, I you know, so a big ferry coming in with this like, and then just like this, you know, hundreds of people pouring out into a city. So I kind of was like, they're the things that I sort of really wanted to capture. And then I was just like, well, that can be anywhere. But I think in terms of, rather than just saying, oh, it's the city really just concentrated into like these big cities and then um there's the other thing, which is, you know, like, if you're not happy you because know, some, some people go, well, you, you should live there to write about it or something, or you should be a, 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 from there to write about it. But, you know, and for me, you know, yeah, let's take Los Angeles for it. it it's so um, uh, in popular culture you now, like you could, you, everyone has what Los Angeles is in their, in their head. Already, so therefore, it's already in people's it can be already in people's imagination. You know, you can think about any movie, anything like that. You could sort of take that and have you could take that and write a version of Los Angeles yourself because it's all there. You, you could watch ten movies on Los Angeles and then kind of you could write a something about it. So I find that interesting, and I think. But to answer your question, yeah, really, just to get me into. the the work uh, um, as writing the work um but yeah i I just it's it's probably more fun for me to write them that way um and just yeah
0: yeah that's interesting because i i always kind of feel like there's an inherent criticism uh coming from you um and like you mentioned it with belfie hell that you know, there's lots of references to celebrities, but it's not necessarily like a, a lampooning of of celebrities. It's just kind of like there. But, um, you know, it's not like it like makes me feel any better or anything. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of this place myself, but um,
1: there is that. I mean, I'm not sitting there, sort of like trying to be like I'm gonna uh, outside looking in, criticizing it, or you know. Um, you know, it's not, you know, you know, it's not U2 or Bono or anything like that you <laughs> know, coming to America and sort of critiquing. Um, but it's kind of like there is that there is an element of that. I mean, so I mean, yeah, to, to 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 everyone, I think yeah, America is so writ large in the world that it's interesting that you know yeah, celebrities, Hollywood, LA it's an interesting thing to look at and it's, it's real grist to sort of dive into as a bit of a topic as well. So, um, but probably less, so it's, 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 it's a topic, but it's sort of in the background as well. Like, it's not the foreground of, um, why I pick up, well, yeah. Want to write. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And to that point, uh, there is the, the post on Dennis Cooper's blog, the welcome to the world, uh, which is a really cool post, um, and has a quite exhaustive list of, uh, the songs referenced in the book and, uh, movies referenced in the book and then a a long list of further reading, um, And from following you on Instagram for a while, you have um, a sort of interesting taste in music. Um, and I, I'm I'm interested to hear kind of about um, how you choose what songs to, to reference and um, just sort of like where your taste in music is at for those who don't follow you on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Um, Some, you know, my my partner would say, is it, is it music that I listen to? (laughs) Um, But um, uh, look, the song, the song, okay. The, the, the blog post, I sort of came from a position of like, how do I do one of those blog posts? Mm. Um, And I sort of just went with like a scrapbook of sorts, like break it down. Here's some stuff that's – because there are references and, yeah, that makes it an interesting blog post, I guess. There's songs referenced in there. There's a few movies. Um, and then the other – the flip side to that is, well, here's some stuff that's probably not evident in the book of what I was – listening to or reading at the time, um, and, and then similarly, and, and some music that I was listening to at the time of, of writing. Usually when um, – for every book that I've written, I've sort of done a mixtape, which is songs that I was listening to at the time. So this time it's a little bit different because I specifically mentioned songs in the book. Um, the song's playing on the radio. Um, Well, my oh – I mean, like – uh, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of music over there. Um, I mean, my two big things at the moment are probably um, like I, I really love dub, and mm-hmm. I really love something that I really got into of lockdown was um, lots of disco. So that comes through, um, or the disco part comes through in the book. Um, a lot of those songs were um, written for something else, like they were. Um, uh, there was a screenplay I was writing, and there were songs all going to go in the screenplay, um, and I sort of didn't really go anywhere with it, and I just went, "Well, it's sort of similar character, so let's just put them into the into the book as well." Um, so that came about through through that, but um, yeah, um, I mean, I used to DJ um, you know, a, a long time ago, um, and that was sort of how I um, earned um, that was my job for a little bit and had a little bit of an um, overnight you know, graveyard shift on a radio uh, radio show. So I sort of – and um, there was a period where I was like, oh, I might be able to earn some money from uh, writing. So I was trying to sort of like – I would you know, be a very bad um, music journalist. Um, and so, yeah, if you went and Googled, you could, you could find that on the internet, you know, like some um, um, very poor um, – interviews in fact um interviewed a lot of um for a while there I was interviewing a lot of um bands from Detroit like um Dirt Bombs um Rooster. I don't know if you know that band. Um mm-hmm. uh, so bands that pretty much circled around sort of um the dirt bombs and um and then sort of subsequently white stripes and things like that. Like um Someone messaged me a while ago. I forgot. I forgot this happened. Um, someone messaged me and they were reading the um, the White Stripes. Uh, there's a biography about the, about the White Stripes, and um, I, I'm in there being quoted about mm-hmm. the first time the White Stripes came to Australia. So, um, which was like after just after they had one uh, one album or the two albums out on simply the record industry. And I was, yeah, so I'm in there. So that's like a previous life. I'm in there, sort of being quoted. Um, but yeah, all sorts of music. Um, you know, it's funny how, you know, uh, growing up, I probably would have been like, oh, anything that sort of circulates around pop punk and post-punk, really narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, at, you know, like over lockdown, I, I suddenly um, developed... A very strong affection for the band yes mm. <laughs> which you know like um and i find that funny because if someone had told my 16 year old self that they would i would now a 16 year old self would have like um probably used expletives and said that's yeah, that disgusting right <laughs> um but but now I'm a, I'm a huge yes fan for some reason but yeah yeah so it it's all over the place pretty much um anything i i, I just um went and bought 10 waylon jennings records um yeah but um yeah i'll then put on you know yeah some weird free jazz yeah something Mm -hmm. just to play out the cobwebs. yeah
0: yeah that's a good palate cleanser yeah i like um my dad listened to a lot of um art rock type stuff when i was growing yeah, up okay. so I, yeah. I grew up a lot, around a lot of yes and genesis and pink floyd yeah, yeah. that side of thing so
1: yeah I'm, I'm
0: got a soft I, spot in my heart for for prog rock
1: yeah i, I do as well I, I think maybe genesis might be a bridge too far for me i've tried <laughs>
0: it depends um, they have a lot of yeah. albums i'm sure you could find something in there that yeah you yeah <laughs> um, but yeah, their early stuff is weird. I think it's even too weird for my dad sometimes. Um,
1: yeah, I, I've got a friend who runs a record shop and he's like, insists that I'll like it, and I just think it's either. I think it's just so tied into their 80s stuff. So I'll put it on and I'll go. This is really good music, and then but then all of a sudden, like Phil Collins will come in doing backing vocals, and like it's been Peter, it's Peter Gabriel's voice, and I just mm. really can't disconnect. Yeah sledgehammer and susudio from you yeah, know my
0: yeah. brain um the youtube channel trash theory just did a, a a video on peter gabriel and it's so wild to me that he'll do a song about like steven Biko, and it's this really yeah, sort of yeah. like eclectic world music sort of thing and then sledgehammer is the same guy uh, yeah yeah I, uh oof i i don't know how how one can have such a range but he did um
1: so, but then there's um oh sorry just go just, ahead. Just, but, but there's a band I think it's called um Brand X, which is like uh, in the late '70s. Is like Phil Collins is like um sort of jazz fusion band. Um terrible, but mm. it's kind of like interesting to kind of go. Yeah, like he, he can go off and do this sort of interesting stuff, and and and, and do interesting Genesis stuff, and then yeah, just um. I don't know. Put out all that dire music that he put out <laughs> in the eighties. But having said that, "Easy Lover" is an absolute um, corker of a song. So, um, <laughs> um
0: so uh, reeling myself back in to talk about the book, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to talk about the book because I've been on such a music kick lately. i I I would get too off topic. So I'm gonna reel myself back into the book. I. I think the there's an interesting thing that you do, where the narrator is much less specified at any given point in time than Samuel is. So the the sort of my my sell of the book to someone who hasn't read it yet would be that it's about an, a narrator and a, a person named Samuel, and um, they do this sort of, like, delirious shifting of uh, the relationship changes, uh, their, like, station in society changes, and it just kind of, like, floats around from being kind of, like, um, super destitute feeling to a little bit more opulent and back and sort of, like, um, the first, like... 20% of the book i read in one sitting and then went on a on a walk with my wife and was talking about how like oh yeah this is one of those books that's gonna make me glad i don't drink anymore um (laughs) because it felt very much like that sort of like just brief spots of lucidity um and um and yeah, I, I I think it's sort of interesting how the narrator is unnamed. Um, I read one of the reviews that you reposted where like their gender is sort of unclear or it shifts <clears throat> throughout the thing, and Samuel is sort of more of a solid figure, even if um, he does also sort of morph and change throughout the book. So. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious about the um, the construction of the two main characters for you.
1: Yeah, I think um, y- you were interviewing someone recently, and you were talking about second person and the way that you know, you, you you sort of. Um, I think you were, what you had the conversation. I got I was driving at the time, so I might have got it completely wrong. But um, the conversation was sort of like how it can be. It can be read differently in that you're putting yourself into you're putting yourself into that that person, um, and and being that person. So I think, um, whilst it's the, the the um, the point of view is is different, I think it's just to um, perhaps um, because I don't probably sit down with a bit of a preconceived thought about about doing this, but I think the way that how it ends up is that it's to open that up and to have it a bit more in, in the sense of delirium. So it is a little bit what is actually happening and and and, it, and if it's unclear what's happening, then perhaps that's the thing that sort of makes people turn the page. Um, and so it, it, that's the reason is to sort of have it. And I think when we spoke last, I was talking about that thing of um, wanting to elicit a feeling in, in the person reading it as well, which is like I said, sort of touches on delirium. And I think <clears throat> to way that to do that, you, know, you need to be sort of skillful in the way that you're crafting, um, the book. Um, and, uh, and I feel really bad cause I just said the word crafting, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but putting it all together. So, um, so I just, I think that's the reason why is to sort of make it a bit unclear, um, that's part of the mystery of the actual story. So at the end, it's a little bit like, well, not. I, I get to the end and I don't know what happens, um, but I get to the end and I'm sort of a bit. It, 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 just to have that, that 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 possibility of entertainment for people as well. So it's 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 to do that. It's to kind of go, well, where where are, where actually are we? I think that review you were talking about. You know, at, at times it's also it's about um that review touched on something which is sort of what I, you know that stretching time as well so mm-hmm. it's stretching time which is really that's that's it's, it's quite easy to do in a book um but to stretch um the actual perception of what's going on as well and then um which yeah you know, is a reflection of sort of how we think right so uh, uh, how we think is stretched and how we perceive things as stretched all the time so i think it's just how to do that you know in a book and i think that's um th- that's just probably you know it really just then boils down to well that's that's the style of writing that i want to sort of do so um, um to sort of go through these different <laughs> aspects of perception whether it's yeah that, that stretching of time you know, we can look at something um, you know from from mental illness to things that are you know, done to you know, sort of make us feel a bit more deranged you could look at something and it's you' you're, you're seeing things um, not quite how they are as well and I think that's interesting I, I was curious about playing around with um, uh, it's done really. I don't know if it's done really well, but the most obvious example of done it is in *Rules of Attraction* um, by um, East Snellis, where it's uh, not particularly. Well, he writes. Yeah, I, think it's, I think I haven't read that in years, but my understanding of the book, recollection was there's um, different characters write a different chapter. But I was kind of interested in sort of um, perhaps is what is going on in 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 *Meth DTF*, which is. Um, different characters write their perception of the same scene and uh sort of i think i think that can all be done in the one character as well there's sort of Mm. this is sort of what's going on there's different perspectives to it there's different feelings so it's just that 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 was interesting
0: Hmm. yeah um yeah it occurs to me that i think that um one of the challenges in writing stories with characters is that um we tend to want to make the characters actions make sense but i think people are a lot more inconsistent and and uh, unreliable than we might think right like you can just do something whacked out and completely out of character out of nowhere for like a reason that would be impossible to explain in a book. Um, and
1: it's probably, you know, like I guess I get lump, lumped, in or lumped in with, you know, that catch-all phrase of experimental literature, and it's not that I'm sort of trying things deliberately, like I'm I'm out, I'm out here experimenting. I just guess it's like these things that are over here that are sort of a bit more traditional. Um, like, um, uh, well, I wouldn't say... You know, I feel like, I, I, feel like the, I feel like the book's plot, plot driven but you know people would probably might say they're not um, but I, I think they're plot driven because you've got a starting point and an end point and well, how do you how do you go from somewhere so but then like this sort of um, your character development and you know there's going to be a motivation and then there's going to be a, a conflict and so you know, the conflict is resolved and ties it back to their motivation and this or this um sort of you know a story has to have a, three parts to it and all this sort of stuff, it doesn't really interest me. So if it doesn't interest me, then I've got to some, come up with something else that sort of does interest me. And this is sort of the way I write. is That's what interests me. So I guess to, to answer, I mean, it's not that there's no character development in there. It's just like it, it can jump as quickly as sort of, you know, we sort of, think as well and and uh, uh, that 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 thing you know it's like stretching time that really resonated with me you know someone saying something back to me i was like yeah well that's the thing it's sort of um you know it, 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 there's an element of um conceptually time travel there um within um, moments as well yeah so
0: yeah that's something that i uh, really appreciate about writing is, is the time dilation that you can do with it. I remember back in college, somebody wrote a short story for a class that um, like on its face was just sort of like the thing a college kid would write. It was like two kids playing Russian roulette in the garage or something, but like the moments before the inevitable tragedy was like half of the text. Um, and so like, you know, time's moving really fast at either end of the story. And then in the middle, it's like a moment stretched out a couple hundred words. Mm. Um, Which was, you
1: know... Someone messaged me recently and asked a question. I've got to get the question right, which is about the character in Belfie Hell. And the question was sort of like, am I wanting the writer... Sorry, am I I wanting the reader to think that the uh, characters are actually the the people or is it or are they the characters uh playing a version of themselves um i haven't done i've done the question very very good but it was kind of like this question of, like I'm, I'm a bit confused like there are all these, these these celebrities in there and are they playing themselves or are, they, are you are they the real person or are we you know putting something else onto them and i sort of um you know answer the questions that the characters are being controlled by like a um a sinister force you know um that's controlling the the riot and things like this so um so it's really you know it's it's yeah it's interesting that that was a their perception of the book which is i'm like well at the end of the day it's it's really your perception of the book right you know like what you get out of it is what you get out of it That's not um really a question for me to sort of go well this is exactly how it is it's sort of it's in this space over here and it operates in a space over here and it's it's what you understand it to be really um yeah
0: yeah there's there's part of me that wants to to snark at at certain corners of youtube and be like it would be interesting to see the like here's what house of leaves really means people get a hold of this book and try to like try to nail down what's happening, right? Cause um, I mean, like you tell us what what happens. I'm I'm such a I'm trying to break it- myself out of this space of like completely accepting the text as like non metaphorical, right? Like I'm so yeah. into this like surrealist sort of thing where it's just like, no, I'm going to accept that. Like they're in Columbus, Ohio, and now they're back in Los Angeles and they're in love and now they're not in love. And
1: you know, what's well, the thing. beauty of um, the, 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 I mean, the, the you know, the shining is a really good example of that, the movie, which is mm-hmm. like, no one really knows what it's about. Right. I mean, on, 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 on one level, it's about a bunch of people in a hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, are they, ha- are they haunted by ghosts? Are they not? Is it like is 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 he is he is he, a, is he a ghost? And then there's that documentary where everyone's mm-hmm. done this sort of critical theory thinking of it, and none of that is true, right? It's probably not true, but like there's all this stuff in there that people are like, there's all this stuff in here, and people are just con- constantly talking about it, and I just that that that's really interesting, which is like, I don't know if probably Stanley Kubrick was trying to do any of that stuff that sort of people have read into it. It's just, so I find that stuff yeah, yeah, that interesting.
0: Yeah. I think that's so interesting because there's so much analysis of the movie, um, but not a lot of analysis of like Stanley Kubrick as a person.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, You don't know much about him.
0: Right. Like, did he spend a lot of time with native American people and become like quite extra sympathetic to their plate and so he decided to do set design things
1: oh i forgot that was one of the yeah that's one of the series yeah, yeah but yeah but then there's some there's something like the space like it's um the, one, the, my favorite one about that is all the clues about the moon landing right <laughs> and it's like is that in there or is it just coincidence it's like chance you know so there's a lot so i mean there's a lot in my stuff that just comes out because it's chance, right? And I think just let it be, right? Um yeah.
0: For sure. I I think that's one of my favorite things about so-called experimental or avant-garde art is that the element of control that the artist has over the piece is is loosened. Their grip is loosened over the piece a lot more than you know, like one of the great masters of oil painting is like putting everything mm-hmm. in there deliberately. Like our group of writers tend to sort of see what happens. Um, and I think that that just makes it so much more exciting. Like maybe on my worst days, I, I think that I'm just being lazy by doing something like that. Um, but I also like to think about the book as something alive um, that. Uh, like really does change the more I read it or after I've read other things um and not just so much in like oh I learned more about 18th century France so now I can understand Flaubert a little bit better um
1: I just couldn't write something like that I could just couldn't have any um yeah and let's not say that that's not I'm not when I say I couldn't write something like that, that really, I really mean it it's not like I don't sit around and go well yeah something that's sort of middle of the road and even and that's a judgment call but you know, middle of the road heavily researched um, heavily mapped out uh, you know this treatments on each character and all that sort of stuff I just couldn't do it I just would be um, I'd be bored as an author and, and so I, I just, I just want to do something that's for me, a bit, and, you know, dynamic. And we're talking about the, you know, writing about the cities before. I just couldn't write a, a novel um, in that way. I, um, I also don't have. I just don't have the time to do that. I just don't want to. Um, so I'm kind of like, this is how I, and I've, I've tried, and I just couldn't do it. I was. Um, it's just, I guess, yeah. You know, sometimes um, you listen to some podcasts and they're like, "Have you got any advice for writers and all this sort of stuff?" Um, it's just like, well, you just got to find your style. I and mean, I think style—I think your style comes about from, yeah, you know, clearly, um, what works for you to write. And I think, yeah. So some of the stuff you're asking about is is clearly just a byproduct, really, of um, how can I actually right and um that that's that's the end that's the end yeah the end product there is yeah and, and that stretching of time and perceptions changing and then um perceptions in a, a reader changing you know um people's sexuality you know, it's like what, what we don't know quite what's happening here or it has changed or it's jumping back and, and, and forth and things like that and some things are fleshed out and some things aren't um and yeah, like you said, it goes from, you know, motels to sort of like some high living and then back again, and it all, all, all stops in between. It's just, that's just come about from, yeah, what what keeps me sort of entertained, um, you know, to, to, to tap away on the, key, the keyboard. Mm-hmm. so